Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn about upcoming apologetics events, our podcast, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and the second part of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Building Wisely. We want to build wisely. We want to grow up. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Now the passage is written to the church. And the church needs to hear this with fresh ears. Because what we have all over our country right now, and the world for that matter, is building projects, churches that are trying to be built with questionable foundations. The name of Jesus is mentioned very little in these places. It's all about entertainment, emotion, hype, you name it. But if you extract the foundation, if you lose sight of the one who is the center and core and substance of all that we do, you've lost your way. And I will tell you this, that churches that are not built upon the gospel of Jesus Christ will eventually be very wobbly, especially in tough times. Because not every Sunday is about jumping up and down and hollering and and emotion. Sometimes it's just simply about sitting before the Lord and saying, Lord, we, we need to hear from you on this matter or this matter or this matter. And I... I look at the church in our world today and frankly, sometimes I'm, I'm just fearful for what I see. We need to get back to foundations. We need to get back to God's foundation and God's building materials. For no man, I don't care who, who you are, how slick you think your new ideas may be, can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I was reading a commentary on this, and one author said, if you're a Christian, uh, he's your rock. Christ provides two of the greatest longings of the human heart. Stability, true shalom, stability in your life, in every season, every storm, and relationships anchored in unity. Jesus Christ gives two of the most important longings of the human heart, true stability and anchor, uh, relationships anchored in true unity. Think about our world right now. How much do we need stability in our world? How much do we need true unity? Love. Things that will connect people. You know, I, I think people who are outside the church today long for what happens here. And in fact, there are people who are trying to duplicate what exists in the church outside the church by removing the foundation of Christ. There are atheist churches. Did you know this? They meet in church buildings now abandoned, sadly, many of them in Europe. And they get together and they sing songs and they give talks and they hug each other and they share food. They, they have one thing missing. <laughs> they... they they almost make it sound like it's fairly minor. We, we just don't have God there, but we do the rest of the stuff that the church does. <laughs> now, I've I got news for you. I like you all, 
But if God was not the foundation of what we're doing, there's some good football games on this morning, right? <laughs> See, our unity springs from the foundation. We love each other because we are in Christ. We have eternal bonds that have yoked us together. That's why we're here. I'm here because He bought me. He called me. He gave me grace and gifts that I want to use to glorify Him and to bless His body. And so shaky foundations will not do. Wobbly foundations will not do. We must build the church upon Jesus and the Scriptures that teach about Jesus. Turn to the book of Romans for a second. Just a few pages back to Romans 15. Romans 15. Look at verse 15. Romans 15, 15. Paul's writing to the Roman church, a church that he longed to minister to, one that he did not found, but it says this, Romans 15, 15. But I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, 15, 16, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, that my offering of the Gentiles might become accept, acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about, round about as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And thus I aspired to preach the gospel not where Christ was already named, that I might not build upon another man's foundation. Paul said, look, I'm using the building materials in each and every situation, if you turn back in, to 1 Corinthians, to honor the one that bought me. I want to build upon the foundation, whether it's the Roman church or the Corinthian church, whether I planted it or not, to be a blessing. Now, verse uh, 12 of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. Now, if any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, this refers to fine stone materials. Some see in here materials like marble and granite that build, built uh, ancient structures in the uh, ancient world. And of course, if you were living in Corinth, you'd be walking around the Agora or the marketplace and everywhere you look, there would be a temple. A temple to this god, a temple to this goddess. And you'd be able to see uh, Greek pillars and incredible buildings. The ruins are still there today. So in a cosmopolitan city, you might see a farm, you might see this or that, but your whole life would be surrounded by buildings that you could look at and analyze and, and consider how they were built. And Paul says, look, as you look around your city, you might see buildings that are built with marble and granite. The kind of stones that were commonly used, says Ray Steadman, in the construction of buildings were stones of granite and marble. Gold and silver were often overlaid on stone to add the beauty and durability of a structure. Paul looks, first of all, at what is valuable, what will be strong, precious stones, and so forth. And then he looks at what is worthless, wood, hay, and straw. Of all that we could say about the end of verse 12, it's simply this. The building materials that you use are all important. Especially 
if something happens, something goes on, like a storm or even a fire. Each man's work, 13, will become evident for the day will show it. Each man's work and what he built with, 1 Corinthians 3.13, will become evident for the day. Would you mark that in your Bible? For the day will show it. I believe the day there is the day of the Lord. The second coming of Jesus Christ because it is to be revealed with fire. Jesus is coming with the angels in flaming fire. And the fire itself, middle of 13, will test the what? The quality. It doesn't say the quantity there. It says the quality of each man's work. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes, those eyes that look like flames of fire in Revelation 1.14 and 2.18, the fire of testing will come. Jesus is going to judge the unbelieving world by fire, the fire of judgment, but the church is going to go through a different kind of fire. Not the fire of judgment, but the fire of testing. You see, your sin was paid for in full where? At the cross. That's a done deal. If you have built your life on the foundation of Christ, you're saved, you're forgiven, praise the Lord. But there is a day coming, please hear me well, because this is where Christians often say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm saved, so... I don't, I, don't, I don't think it really matters what I do. I don't think it matters if I live in sin or don't do much in the ministry. Oh, it matters. Because what it's going to determine is your reward. And if you have nothing to show on that day, you'll get in because you're saved by grace and not by works. But you're going to get in by your skinny skin skin. <laughs> You're going to get in, barely. You see, the fire is going to test the quality. How did you build? Not did you use shortcuts as a means to an end. Well, we did it this way because we knew that this would happen and that would. No, 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 no. God cares about how you build and with what you build because with what you build will bring stability. There are many churches in the U.S. that are a mile wide and an inch deep. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's because we're so concerned about filling seats and entertaining people and making sure that we get bodies in the door that we don't give substance. And it's sad. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Paul comments on this day when he says therefore 4 5 do not go on passing judgment before the time but wait until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts and then each man's praise will come to him from God Hi, this is Mike Massaro, and I just wanted to invite you out to our special 633 service on November 10th, starting at, you guessed it, 633. We're going to be talking to Natasha Crane, who has written a book called Talking With Your Kids About God. The topic that night is going to be teaching your kids and college students apologetics. 
So for all you parents, or if you're planning on having kids, or if you have grandkids, this would be a great night for you to attend. If you need more information, go to walkintruth.com and click on events. That's walkintruth.com events. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes, those eyes that look like flames of fire in Revelation 1.14 and 2.18, the fire of testing will come. Jesus is going to judge the unbelieving world by fire, the fire of judgment, but the church is going to go through a different kind of fire. Not the fire of judgment, but the fire of testing. You see, your sin was paid for in full where? At the cross. That's a done deal. If you have built your life on the foundation of Christ, you're saved, you're forgiven, praise the Lord. But there is a day coming, please hear me well, because this is where Christians often say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm saved, so... I don't, I, don't, I don't think it really matters what I do. I don't think it matters if I live in sin or don't do much in the ministry. Oh, it matters. Because what it's going to determine is your reward. And if you have nothing to show on that day, you'll get in because you're saved by grace and not by works. But you're going to get in by your skinny skin skin. <laughs> You're going to get in, barely. You see, the fire is going to test the quality. How did you build? Not, did you use shortcuts as a means to an end? Well, we did it this way because we knew that this would happen and that would... No, 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 no. God cares about how you build and with what you build because with what you build will bring stability. There are many churches in the U.S. that are a mile wide and an inch deep. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's because we're so concerned about filling seats and entertaining people and making sure that we get bodies in the door 
that we don't give substance. And it's sad. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Paul comments on this day when he says, Therefore, 4, 5, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. In 1 Corinthians 3.13, some have seen purgatory in this verse. I was raised in a Roman Catholic house and I was uh, taught the idea of purgatory. My grandfather had a stroke when we were mowing the lawn. I was in the lawn. I was uh, with my grandfather doing the lawn and all of a sudden my grandfather, it, it just got really weird and he didn't even know who I was and he was calling me by different names and I remember being a little kid and thinking my grandfather ended up dying shortly thereafter, that my grandfather ended up in purgatory. I didn't think my grandpa was in heaven because of the type of person he was, just to be honest. He's pretty hard. And uh, anyway, I remember every night I would pray and I felt like it was my responsibility to pray my grandpa out of purgatory. What I thought was probably happening there is that my grandpa was in some sort of purifying judgment that he had to work off all the bad stuff he had done so hopefully he could make it into heaven in some amount of time you know whatever whatever that might look like well I'll tell you this that first Corinthians 3 13 is not talking about purgatory it's simply talking about a day when the Lord will weigh our works it's talking about what we know as the bema seat of Christ flip over to Romans again a few pages back let me develop this for a second because this is important. You've heard this before, but Romans 14 is dealing with different opinions that Christians have about non-essential matters, what people eat, drink, wear, days of worship. And Romans 14.10 says this, But you, 14.10, why do you judge your brother, or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. Now, obviously, this is written to Christians. The word judgment there is the Greek word bima. That's the bima seat of Christ. Flip over to 2 Corinthians 5, a little bit to your right. One other main passage I'd show you about this, about the bima seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, this is verse 8. We are of good courage, and I say prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. Therefore, also we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear, written to that same Corinthian church now, before the judgment or the bema seat of Christ. B-E-M-A is the word. That each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or or bad, or you could translate that whether good or worthless. The Bema seat of Christ is not a judge's seat. This is from James Montgomery Boyce. He says, the word Bema refers not to a judge's seat in the court of law, in a court of law, but to a bench upon which referee sat at an athletic contest. It was the place from which those who did well in the contest and triumphed were rewarded with a laurel wreath. 
and from which those who broke the rules were disqualified or disapproved. The Bema seat is not a judgment seat as in I'm going to judge you for your sin. Your sin was paid for where? At the cross. Go back to 1 Corinthians 3. Was it paid in full at the cross? Yes. So this is not an issue of sin for the Christian. This is an issue of what you did with the gifts, talents, time that you've been given. What you do with your life matters in the light of eternity. The first and most important thing is make sure you're saved. Make sure you know Jesus Christ. Make sure you've received that saving uh, message of Christ and that he's in your life. But once you're saved, there's something to do. There's something to be about. You see, if any man's, 1 Corinthians 3.14, work which he has built upon it, upon that foundation, remains or survives, NIV, or endures New King James back in verse 14 of chapter 3. He shall receive a reward. So the fire will test the work. And if your work goes through the fire and it's not wood, hay, and straw that goes up like a puff of smoke, and it endures, it passes the fire of judgment, you'll get a reward. We can see this in Luke 19 and Matthew 25. And the Lord of the church will say, Well done. Good and faithful servant, you are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. But if any man's work is 15 burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as through fire or through the flame. Some of you have seen movies and television programs where there's a fire in a building, an explosion, and they go in and try to rescue people. And they're trying to save somebody and grab uh, someone to survive. And they, they run out just in time to beat the flames. That's the image of the second person. They get out. They, they survive. Maybe clothes smoking. Maybe ash on their face. But as far as the house is concerned... It's rubble. They, they survived the fire because Christ saves by grace. But as far as rewards are concerned, 15, they shall suffer loss. Now, I get the idea, and you can take this for what it's worth, that the works will go into the fire of testing. And, of course, Jesus is omniscient, so he already knows everything. He knows motives. He knows why we did what we did, what we used, etc., and some things may be burned in the fire. And some things will survive it. And what goes through the fire, which was good quality work, right materials, will get rewarded for. Praise God. Some things will just simply go up and smoke. But I wonder about some people if they'll have anything to show. And some people say, I don't, I don't care as long as I get in, baby. I don't care if my clothes are smoking. As long as I have a broom in the courtyard of God, I'm good. You may be good, but I'll tell you, if we have options, I wouldn't mind a nice mansion. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, right? I mean, a broom in heaven is all right, but I'd rather have a mansion. <laughs> Right? I mean, I'm not looking to get in going like, Wow! 
Wow, that was close. Are you? Some of you are living like you are. Ooh, Pastor Mike, I know. I know, but, but here it is, right? Peter says, I want to make a grand entrance into that kingdom. Not that it's about me, but I want to stand for him because he stood for me at the cross. I want to stand for him because he was willing to go to the lengths that he went to to secure my salvation. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this was the second part of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Building Wisely. Okay, we're officially in the holiday season, and that means that 2019 is almost over. Now is usually the time to think about what charities or ministries to donate to. Walk in Truth's mission is not only to reach out through the airways with God's truth, but we also connect with our listeners and bring answers to hard questions through events. That's why we do the 633 events and Harvest Fest. Well, we have big plans for more events in 2020 and to expand the program to more radio stations to reach more people. But we can only do that if you partner with us in this mission. Take up arms with us, so to speak. If you're looking for a ministry to donate to, please consider Walk in Truth. Give what you can at walkintruth.com. Click the Donate button. Our goal is still to reach 32000 before the end of the year so we can get rolling on our plans. A monthly commitment of $35 or an end-of-year gift of whatever you can. Please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. Now, tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Building Wisely. I'm Mike Massaro. As always, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.